Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai, and I'm the editor in chief of Auto Trader. And I am Auto Trader's road test editor, Dan Alika. Well, everybody, welcome to our episode today. Um, as you are all probably aware, inflation is crazy. Everything is slightly more expensive or a lot more expensive than it used to be. Um, and we've been getting a lot of questions on, you know, ways to save money on car expenses, which we did a whole other episode previously. Indeed. Today's episode is all about, is premium gas worth it? Yeah, so the real reason this topic uh, came up is that somebody recently commented on a, on a comparison that Jody and I did between the Kia Seltos and the Toyota Corolla Cross. And this was a couple years ago now, or about a year and a half ago. Um, but you know, we see the notifications come in, uh, and often something that we'll notice on, on our videos, comments of people that get really kind of defensive of, of what they have purchased. Uh, they don't necessarily agree with what we've said. So this particular gentleman decided to comment and tell the world that, uh, to squeeze more power out of the Toyota Corolla Cross, which is like universally panned as underpowered. The slowest vehicle <laughs> like in existence right it's now. It's like scary <laughs> yeah. uh, when you're merging or, or, you know, passing on the highway. His recommendation was to put premium gas in the tank and he claimed that the engine responds well. So first of all, that that's we'll demystify that later. Yes. Um, and that's not really how premium fuel works. No. But we're going to go through stuff like uh, when you should use premium, when you shouldn't, what happens if you should and you don't, um, the kind of savings that are involved. But yeah, everything's expensive. And so if you're using, we're going to go through also what is uh, premium recommended versus premium required because there is a difference. Um, but just to prove how crazy inflation has been getting lately, so if you've been listening to the podcast before, you'll know that Dan has roasted me on multiple occasions about how I never order a drink with my meals. Like That's if true. we're going out, I'll never order a soda or like, you, I don't a drink a pop. My goodness. That's another thing you roast me for. Because this is Canada. We I, call it pop. It's pop or soda pop. No, that's what they call if it. If you're in the, the 1950s. Certain areas of the States, they refer to it as soda. I think like the Midwest, they call it soda. But then in like, you know, the Northeast, they call it pop. Because Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't order drinks with my meals because I come from an immigrant family. We drink water because water is free, right? That's, that's the way I've been just doing it my whole life. I went to a restaurant the other day and they asked, would you like some water for the table? And I said, yes, please, because it's me and I know it's free. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, sparkling or still? And I said, still, just give me some tap water because I know sometimes they're sneaky. They'll charge you for sparkling, yeah. right? At the end of my bill, they had charged me $5.50 for tap water. That's ridiculous. Did they tell you it was like some reverse osmosis or oh, special water? I'm sure it was, but I was outraged. You would be. I was outraged and this like shook me. In this economy? I know. <laughs> That's Andy Lynn, our production editor, his favorite his favorite thing. In this economy, how could you charge me five fifty for water? Yeah, and I also bought a pound of butter yesterday and it was over eight dollars when normally it's like five or six dollars for a pound. I don't think I've ever bought a pound of butter in my life. I love butter. I don't, but I mean, I grew up like we were, we, we were a margarine family. Gross. I think that's a, like, it's, it's a real divide. I know. We're, we're full fat or nothing. We were all 
I think Basel was our go-to. Yuck. Anyway, and this wasn't even like fancy butter, like, you know, the fancy European butter or like the you Irish butter me. that our boss Carl always Carl, goes on about. Carl, shout out. Carl Bonner <laughs> from Ireland. Loves that fancy butter. Loves that fancy butter. Um, but anyway, let's let's jump right into the okay. reason why you're all here. <laughs> okay. Let's jump into first. I don't want to, you know, throw shade um, at anyone. This is like really an educational experience. So I'm not going to, you know, call out the the commenter by name or whatever. But like this idea that putting premium in your tank uh, when it calls for regular has been proven to be like demonstrably false. There is no benefit to burning premium when your vehicle calls for regular. It's designed to run on that. And especially nowadays, right? Computers that are used for everything from the fuel injection, you know, especially now when we have direct injection, like they're, it's so computer heavy, the process, it is designed to run on a specific octane. So putting premium in the tank of a vehicle that recommends or requires regular is doing nothing except wasting money. And it's a significant difference too. So yes. I did the math today. Uh, so according to gas prices today in Toronto, the day of recording, regular fuel is a buck forty six four. Yeah. Premium fuel is a buck seventy two one. And that's just ninety one octane, by the way. Yes. This guy was 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 recommending ninety three, but oh let's just God. stick with the ninety one. So the savings would be even more. Yeah. So for like a fifty five liter tank. For regular fuel, it would cost you about $80.52 to fill up the tank. On premium, it's $94.66. You could buy two pounds of butter with that I money. I know, even at today's prices. So that's a difference of $14.14 that you're just blowing, just wasting for no reason. Literally, there's no... Now, okay, we can get into vehicles. I think a good example, if you take a look at Mazda, um, Mazda's latest turbo motors will have the option to run regular mm -hmm. or you can put 93 octane in the tank the computer will recognize that and it will optimize the performance to burn that gas that grade of gas and it generates more output so i think it's something like 227 horsepower and 310 pound feet of torque if you use regular 87 octane gas and that applies to the turbocharged motor that you can get in the cx30 the cx5 cx9 all of those suvs even the mazda 3 now anyways if you put 93 octane that jumps to 250 horsepower and 320 pound feet of torque so that's significant but again it is designed to do that the computers are programmed to do that the same thing applies on a performance level if you take a look at the dodge I don't know what, I can't remember the name, Challenge SRT, Challenger SRT, Hellcat, Hellcat. Uh, Red Eye, the one that we drove. Oh, yeah. If you run high octane gas, it basically like flips a switch and it goes, oh, you want maximum output. But when a vehicle, especially something like a little commuter vehicle that's designed to be an economy vehicle, putting 91 or 93 octane in the tank will do nothing. It's I, such a waste. I will... I will tell you right now, there is absolutely zero performance benefit because the opposite of what a knock sensor does when you run low-grade gas in a vehicle that's designed to, to burn high-grade stuff, 
it's actually going to affect the timing because it's burning something that it's not supposed to be burning. Yeah, so if we can just go back a little bit, can you explain what the difference is in like the fuel makeup so basically the higher the grade fuel the higher the octane yeah and it affects how it burns inside of your engine yeah and it's and it's you know it's a very like scientific process it's not there's a lot of people that you know talking about like oxygen and all that no like air fuel mixture is is something that your engine is is doing this is like octane is is a is a proper it's like an official rating it's not arbitrary there's actual like scientific requirements in order to call it 87 versus 91 versus 93 so it's it is meant for you know performance and kind of smoothness and that sort of stuff but again only when it's designed to burn that that level of of gas right so the way you figure out how what your car needs is it's always inside your fuel filler door or inside your owner's manual so sometimes you'll see something like premium required yes. what does that mean dan and what kind of cars do we typically see that on typically you're talking about performance or premium vehicles so you know mercedes audi lexus um luxury brands what we would call luxury brands they are going to quite often most vehicles are going to require premium grade gas and it will often tell you what the octane rating is as well so premium required 91 octane premium required 93 octane so that is no you know no option and what happens if you have a premium required car and you put in regular fuel? You are going to trigger the knock sensor, right? So basically, you know, as you guys all know, the, the way that a, an internal combustion engine works is there's, it's a four stroke engine. You have the intake stroke, then you have the compression stroke. So you're pulling in the air and the fuel, and then that piston pushes back up and it compresses that air fuel mixture then it explodes that's the downstroke and then the fourth stroke is pushing up again and that's the exhaust stroke it's pushing all of that combusted material out through the exhaust valves what happens when you run the wrong octane of fuel especially if you put 87 in a vehicle that calls for 91 is it's going to sort of misfire and that's what you end up getting an engine knock now, vehicles these days have knock sensors because before, if you did this in an older vehicle, let's say like something in the 80s that didn't have a knock sensor, the engine, the reason it's called a knock, it's like you can hear and feel this misfiring where what's going to happen is the combustion is going to happen early or late in that four-stroke process. So you're going to feel this knocking sensation as the explosions are happening right. out of timing. And then if you do that long term, that will end up damaging the internals of your engine. Absolutely. Seals. Think about that heat in a process when it's not supposed to be. You're going to cause problems with your valve train. It's really no good. Knock sensors are great because what they do is they, you know, will retard the timing to try to match up with this different octane fuel. But even if you look at, say, something like a Mercedes, you know, C-Class, and it says 91 required. Now, of course, this is an internal combustion engine. You can put that that lesser grade gas, but right in the owner's manual, it will tell you, try to put in as little as possible until your next fill up and get that bad gas out of there because it is only going to cause 
problems, right? It also means the engine isn't running at its optimal performance. So let's just say, again, using round numbers, let's say that that car makes 250 horsepower and 300 pound-feet of torque, and you put lesser grade gas than it calls for in there, it is going to scale back the performance because it can't run at its optimal level. So you might only be making, like, and it's it can be substantial. Right. You might make 200, 180 horsepower. It will be noticeable. You will go to accelerate on the highway. I've been in vehicles that have had this issue by, you know, no fault of the driver. You show up at a gas station, you're on a road trip, and they don't have premium or they've run out of premium and you have to put 87 in. It is noticeable how poor the performance is. That is very much by design. Yeah, so does using the wrong fuel affect fuel economy? Surely it does. Yeah. I mean, I've never I've never done it. I've I've never I remember one time picking up a a Charger Hellcat and the journalist before me had clearly put lesser grade gas in the tank and it it was like noticeably poor performance and that thing's already so inefficient, but yeah, it was like even worse. Even worse than than normal. So that's another kind of detractor. Again, if it's designed around something, these are engineers. They they don't do things by mistake. You know, everything is very intentional. So if it's designed to burn premium, it's running at its optimal abilities. And when you put lesser gas in, it's going to not run in that optimal range. So you're going to notice less performance, less efficiency. But then the flip side of it, no, you can't be like, well, you know, well, it's an obvious conclusion that putting better gas in something that only calls for, again, because it's all very intentional. So if it's designed to burn 87, it's going to run at its optimal performance on 87 octane, 91, 93, it doesn't matter. The hilarity of that guy's comment about the Corolla Cross, that thing makes something like, I don't know, 156 horsepower. He said, with no backing, just his own personal claim, that you can easily expect 200 horsepower out of that engine by putting premium grade gas in it. And that's just a wild thing to say without any backing it up. Like if you did that and you ran it on a dyno or something and had data to prove it, okay, but like just judging by the seat of your pants. That's what I said. That's to, just uh, misinformation, like, guys. Yeah. Like don't don't listen. <laughs> yeah, like the butt dyno might tell you that it's doing that it's doing better, but but actual performance, there is no noticeable gain. And, and you end up wasting so much money. Think about that. Of you that. just said a fifty-five liter tank. If you're spending an extra fourteen bucks a tank, and let's say, let's even say you're filling up twice a month. Yeah. Okay. That adds That's up. That's still twenty-eight bucks a month that you don't need to burn into the atmosphere for no reason, right? And so, when you see a car that says premium recommended, that is probably the only case where we would say, okay, if you want to save a little bit of money, you can you can switch temporarily from premium to regular. Yeah. Um, can you explain why? It kind of goes back to the Mazda example yes, we used before. Yes, it's very similar yeah. to Mazda. You might see it in something like, I think a good example would be a GMC Yukon or a, or a Chevrolet Silverado that, that uses a V8 engine. Those are often kind of designed to do both. So GM recommends you put premium in for that optimal performance, but you can, it is also designed, the computer can register and recognize. Again, you just might not make 
maximum output, but it's not going to trigger the knock sensor. And therefore it won't do long-term damage to your engine. Yes. So it's actually safe for you to do. Yeah. Um, my advice is just to always follow whatever's in your owner's manual. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be going around like voiding your warranty or anything Yeah, like that's that. the other thing that people don't, especially nowadays, right? The computers can be, can be read. They can, you know, the dealer can hook up a, a diagnostic computer and see the history, see how, like how many Phillips you had, what type of gas was put in the tank. The last thing you want is for some severe damage to be done that's worth thousands of dollars that will not be covered by your warranty because you have not followed the the manufacturer's recommended you know treatment yeah. of your vehicle and that will in the long term end up costing you a lot more money than than putting the fancy fuel would yeah. initially cost so or, it's like a short term or like a long-term investment just do it's i say this to my friends all the time like this is just me personally you don't have to you know take this to heart but Unless you want a premium vehicle, that's fine, right? A luxury vehicle that is going to run on on premium grade gas. To buy a vehicle, especially nowadays with inflation and gas prices being what they are, I just can't imagine buying something that calls for even recommended premium gas and actually putting it in the tank. And once again, friends that say, oh, well, you know, it's higher mileage, so I end up, I put, it calls for, 91 but i put 93 and again you're not it's not doing anything except for maybe making yourself feel better <laughs> but there's no net benefit because yeah. again it's not designed to do that and there there's a funny thing that i hear a lot and some people who drive i'm going to say like quote regular cars that don't need premium gas they're like oh once in a while i like to treat my car with a fancy drink and i'll put in 93 and like just don't do that because it's a waste of money you're it's not hilarious. doing you're not helping your car at all it doesn't know it doesn't have feelings <laughs> it doesn't have oh thanks thanks mom mm, it's tasty like yeah this isn't jody as a little kid getting getting that treat of a soda of a soda with yeah. dinner yeah anyways it's just like i don't know i i think there is that that misinformation misunderstanding again maybe back in the day you know before computers like think about how many dozens of computers are involved in your vehicle's powertrain alone nowadays versus back in the day yeah Maybe when you're talking about carbureted engines. Yeah, but even in something like a Toyota Corolla Cross, it, it does know what it needs a lot better than you do. <laughs> this, yes. And that, that I, I kind of knew that it was, that I was uh, facing, you know, somebody that was, had really dug their heels in because he said also that, you know, putting a, the, the optional TRD air filter in the air box could realize like 15 extra horsepower. It's an air filter in in the factory air box. I'm not, it does breathe a little bit better, but the big benefit of that is that it's a reusable, it's a cleanable filter. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not going to put a filter in the regular air box and get 15 horsepower. No, when when you're doing <laughs> stuff like that, what you're doing is actually you're increasing, you're, you're helping your fuel economy. You're not really doing much to increase how much it's power your breathing car has. better. And again, your, your vehicle nowadays with all the sensors right they have like those mass sensors mass airflow so that sensor you'll see it if you open the hood and you look on the piping that goes from your air box into your into your throttle body into your intake manifold it's got a little sensor in there so what that's going to do is notice oh you're you're allowing more air in so we can match that because the air fuel mixture that ratio has to be 
the same. There's obviously a range, but if you're letting more air in, it's actually going to burn more fuel. Now that doesn't necessarily mean burning more fuel outright because it could run more optimally, but you're not getting more output just by putting a different air filter no, in. It's just running more efficiently. Yes. That's, that's it. There's really might be, no... It might run a little cooler because that extra air is coming in, but yeah, the, the, that's just like this, you know, when you've sold yourself on the benefits, like you're not going to hear it any other way, but I'm telling you, this is based on, you know, facts. What we're saying is well-documented. We've got stories about it. Other outlets, give it a Google. That's all you got to do. And I don't mean go find some forum where some guy said, oh, yeah, I put I put premium in my Corolla Cross, and I'm making 220 horsepower, eh? I mean, more power to you, but no. it's just incorrect. No, yeah. not more power to you. There is no more power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mic drop. Um, yeah, so if, if any of you have questions on, you know, anything we've mentioned today about premium gas, if you want to know, like, about your particular car, you could email us at expert at trader.ca. Um, if you've heard any other weird misinformation that you'd like to share so we can kind of demystify it, you can let us know. Yeah, but don't, even still, don't, don't take our words for it. Open your owner's manual, right? If you've bought a used vehicle you know, and you don't know if the owner before told you, oh yeah, I always put 91 in it. Don't just take their word for it. Open the owner's manual. Make sure, because likewise, if you've bought something that does require premium and you've been putting regular in it because you didn't know any better, you will notice the performance is going to be a lot smoother. It's going to probably be more efficient. So it's not us telling you. And and it, a lot of people that say that, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, why are you telling us this? Like, you know, what's the benefit for us? We don't get anything out of it. No, We're it's just, just trying to, save to make you sure. Money. Exactly. We're trying to make sure that you guys are getting the most out of your vehicles. That's all it comes yeah. down to. We're trying to save you money and to make sure your car is just running the way it should. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't want you going out and wasting money. Not in this economy. <laughs> Uh, so today's Ask an Expert question comes from Ian from Milton, Ontario. Hello, Ian. So hi, Ian. Thank you for listening. Hi, Auto Trader Experts. I'm looking at a Civic Hatchback LX, Mazda 3 Sport GT, and a Subaru Crosstrek. All three to four years old and with a manual transmission. Good for you. I value reliability, low cost to operate, including maintenance, and then performance. Which one do you think is the best choice? Thanks. Wow. That's a really good... Um, short list that you have there all are great i um, think you could kind of answer one like for each of those questions they all have right? very distinct strengths yeah so like i would probably say um you know as far as like low cost of ownership and 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 reliability the civic is just like you know that's a that's an easy one to, to yeah pick. for sure and because performance is on your list of must-haves um, I would automatically not go for the Crosstrek because it is it is a good car and it drives well, but it is not fast. It is, is actually No, but slow. the manual, like the six-speed, that is one of those vehicles that the, the transmission is everything. So when you mm -hmm. drive, that, that two-liter in the Crosstrek is almost as gutless as the Corolla Cross. Right. But when you pair it with the six-speed manual, it does get, the, you know, the not just the gearing of the transmission, but also... It does feel like there's a little bit more throttle response that is that is tied to it. So it's a little peppier, but no, it's not. If performance is what you're after, really, what I think it would come down to in that regard is the Mazda three. 
Um, it's kind of fun to drive regardless of, of the fact that it's, you know, a little compact, like, no, it's not a sport compact, but there's a little bit of playfulness there. For what it is, it's very fun. If I had to pick a car on that list, I should have thought this over. I mean, that's a, that's a good one. I think, yeah, I think personally I would more likely go for the Honda Civic. Just because it's also, to me, much more practical than the Mazda 3 Sport GT. It's a bit roomier. It has yeah. more room in the back seat and in the trunk. Um, so if you were going to add, you know, practicality to your list, um, that, then that would boost the Civic hatchback to the top for me. You know what, though? I think I would, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. I think I would go with the Crosstrek. Yeah? And, you know, because also I'm looking at it like, yeah, okay, performance, it's not quite there, but like, as far as just doing it all, I think, you know, like the reliability of these vehicles that are, you know, that age range of three to four years old, like you're going to get about the same. I still have those, those horrible memories of the Mazda threes from like that previous generation where they all look the like Swiss ones? cheese. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would probably go with the Crosstrek because that would be a, a second gen Crosstrek. Mm-hmm. Um, with that six-speed manual, it's pretty good. It's got lots of room. I think it's you know pretty pretty reliable, low cost of of ownership overall. Like also very practical. Very practical, and like you could take it places that the Civic and the and the Mazda three. That's true. The go. benefit of the Crosstrek is that it comes with all-wheel drive, obviously, right? Um, and, and the other two hundred and twenty millimeters of ground clearance, which will come in super handy. Oh, if you want to go camping, like some backwoods camping. Yeah. And I've done some pretty crazy stuff with Crosstreks over the years. Um, they're like, they're capable of surprising you. Yeah. So great answer. Um, but regardless of which one you choose, don't put premium gas <laughs> in the tank. That's true. Cause none of these really require it. No. Um, so thank you Ian for your question. If you have any follow-ups, please let us know. You can email us at expert at trader.ca. Um, if anyone else wants some advice on their short list of cars they're considering, please let us know. I will say though, also while we're on that subject, one that's one of the most bizarre questions um, or comments that I still get a lot about Subarus is that people think because of the boxer engine that they require premium. So I even had like when my parents bought their Outback, a friend was like, oh, that thing, you know, that's going to be expensive putting premium in the tank. So my parents were like, what? Like you didn't tell us it calls for premium. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. And then more recently, somebody said that to me. And, and somebody who works for, for Trader, his dad was shopping for a vehicle and said, oh, you know, like he's considering the Forester, but he's a little apprehensive about, about putting premium in it. And I was like, what? Where did this come from? It's crazy. So good point. That actually reminds me of another thing I hear a lot is that like, oh, my car is turbocharged, therefore I need premium gas. Let's demystify that for yeah. them as well. Hit them with the sound. That is, again, one of those outdated approaches to fueling back in the day you know you did want to to burn a little cleaner um again a little less heat generated whatever that that was very true vehicles nowadays are designed turbo vehicles are designed to run on regular gas that is that's a good point i remember that like when when turbos started to kind of come back into Mm -hmm. vogue um 
you know, about what, 2015 or so yeah. when, when you started to see more and more of them that a lot of people were like, oh, you know, but you're not talking about the, and I still see that a lot about reliability. Yeah. People are like, I just don't know if I could buy a turbo motor. And it's like, if you're thinking of like, you know, one of those janky old GMs from the eighties with a turbo, like, you know, a modern Honda, I was even guilty of that back in the day that I was like, Honda doesn't know what it's doing when it comes to turbos. Like if you, if it back in the nineties or, you know, into the early two thousands, if I was going to recommend, you know, uh, a Japanese automaker um, with a turbo motor, Toyota and Nissan were like the go-tos, right. but now Honda is just as proficient. They all figured it out. Yeah. You know, um, I don't really think that's a big concern, No, but that, that is something that I hear a lot. Yes. So if you have a turbo motor, you don't necessarily need premium fuel. Only if it says it's recommend, or sorry, only if it says it's required. Yes. Um, but most of them these days, like if you have a turbocharged Honda Civic, you don't need premium no, fuel. except for like the Civic Si That's or the different. Civic Type R. But if you're talking about, you know, this Civic that Ian is considering, that if it has the, if it's the 1.5 liter turbo, no, no premium. Cool. Boom. That's it. Demystified. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Um... Also, thank you so much for your support. Um, if you wanted to help us out even more, you could leave a review, do all that good stuff, subscribe. Tell um, your friends. Tell all your friends. Tell your premium burning friends. We've got good <laughs> advice over here. Uh, our next episode is all about EV charging. Oh. So this is something that Dan and I will get really fired up about. Out so of the fireplace and into the fire. <laughs> so make sure you tune in to our next episode. Until then, drive safe. See you next time. See you guys.